Dragnet. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about seven minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. Program 386 in the series. Lisa, you have been my co-host for 386 episodes of the WGN Radio Theater. I would say I need a medal. I would say I don't know how I've put up with you for this long. I want a giant medal shaped as a chunky. My favorite candy. I offered it to you, but you lost. The I know bets. I lost that bet. Yeah, uh, I'm disputing this. Lisa has not been here for every single. This episode. is true. This is true. Well, Carl has not no, been here for I've, every I've single episode either. Missed a couple. Missed so a couple. Yeah, it's we're on even fair even enough. Ground fair here. enough. <laughs> All right, this uh, this edition. It's the life of Riley. A good Mother's Day program because it is Mother's Day out there. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. 1944 broadcast. We also have Fort. Laramie with Raymond Burr, and we're going to talk with my good pal, Neil Parker. He is the Director of Business Development of DoYouRemember.com. He is going to be here to chat with you. We have some exciting news to tell you about DoYouRemember.com and this radio show that's coming your way right after these words. Well, uh, Lisa, we have a Facebook uh, page, right? And we We also have a text-in line. Uh, We do. Our text-in line is 312-981-7200. Same as our call-in line. We are going to skip our Real or Ridiculous segment for the first hour. We will get to it the second hour because we have a guest in our studio. We've got Neil Parker. And he is, I have the information, but um, do you remember? He's the director of business development. He's in from New York. He flew all the way out from New York to be on our show. And my arms aren't even tired. (laughs) Hang on a second. There we go. That's his one sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Take my wife, please. (laughs) <laughs> I think you need to hit the button for that one. I know. So listen, uh, Neil is here to talk about doyouremember.com. This is the largest destination of nostalgia content on the web. Folks, if you don't know about doyouremember.com, we have the expert here to tell you all about it. Yes, I do. Uh, so if you don't know about it, again, you can check it out at doyouremember.com. We also have a huge presence on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash... Do you you remember? remember? It's not a hard one to forget. Same for Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and just about all of the other ones. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, you know what? I I have no media-savvy skills at all. You're kidding. And that's why I want to hang out with Neil a lot more, because Neil knows all about this stuff. He's going to teach me. Well, then you're going to have to head out to New York. I'm going to become a guru. (laughs) You're in trouble. I don't know. I got a pretty good dinner out of this (laughs) year. Yeah. We were at Valare. I heard about that. You missed it, Lisa. I did, but it was Mother's Day, so we had our own little shindig. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. So we want to know more about Do You Remember and why it is such a good partnership with WGN Radio Theater. 
Sure. Uh, really simple, easy question to answer. Do you remember it is the home of nostalgia? We keep you up to date on all of your favorite shows, the programs you grew up watching. If you grew up in the 70s, 80s, even the 60s, we have the content for you. Come on, check it out. Do you remember.com? Now, yep. when we were on the air last night with Dave Player, he had a whole segment on your favorite TV moms. Oh, and, yeah. and we talked about um, Happy Days, yeah. and we talked about Brady Bunch, and we talked about One Day at a Time, and I don't know some of the Golden others. Girls. Right. And, and honeymooners. so this seems like something that's right up your alley. Oh, yeah. It's not just up our alley, it, <laughs> it is, is our your alley. alley. <laughs> um, and I just have to give a nod to our editorial team because writing about nostalgia is not an easy thing. It took place many, many years ago. And you're so very they're, young. So I you're am learning 34. as you go yes. as well. Our editorial team is, too. Man, tip but. of the cap to you, Neil, because this site, I mean, I was so blown away when I found out about it, because just on your Facebook page alone, you have over 6 million Facebook fans, but you have about 12 million fans on a regular basis coming to your site, right? So a uh, little correction there. We okay. have four Facebook pages. Uh, all of those pages combined give us about 10 million fans. Man, I'll so tell you. So it's uh, Do You Remember? Do You Remember When? We have Silver Elephant. They all are about nostalgia but focus on uh, their own individual topics. So if you were a fan of the Twilight Zone or the Honeymooners or the Jack Benny program, Brady Bunch, Six Million Dollar Man, Golden Girls, it's all at doyouremember.com. It is. It's really the hub for nostalgia, and it's a place for us to keep nostalgia alive. Right. And I know we were talking a little bit earlier about, isn't this a great way for some of these people to connect with each other? Everybody has a story, and everybody has a background, and this is a way to bring them together with a common interest. It is, Lisa. You know... Uh, back in the 70s, if you were growing up, you didn't have 150 channels to look at. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the entire country was watching the same television programs. So now in uh, 2019, it's something that fans can communicate. Are we okay. not all watching The Love Boat every Friday I was night? Say, the plane. The plane. Remember that one? Well, first it was the Love plane. Boat, and then it was... Um, um, what is the name yeah. of that show? Uh, Fantasy Island. Fantasy. Yeah, Fantasy. It went from Love Boat to Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Right? Oh, I gosh. like that accent. You want to tell? You know, you want to talk about? You want to talk about? Going back to when we were kids, right, and watching those shows. And how about it Mary? It was so great. Mary Tyler Moore and then Bob Newhart, the yeah. whole thing. Oh, man. I see. We're getting excited just talking about it. And this is exactly why we need Do You Remember? And this is exactly why we need you guys, because you grew up with it. You're experts on it. And as much as I know the content, uh, there's nothing like being in that generation right. Um, and the community, again, the people share those memories and they find something common to connect about. You know, we just did, uh, uh, what was it, a five-minute Facebook Live, and we posted it on Neil's uh, site, do you remember.com Facebook site. And there's like 40,000 people have, have saw it in just, I don't know how Few minutes, just in a few, like in less an, than hour, an hour, yeah. Right. So, I mean, the power of what Neil's company has. I also, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, 
it's not my company. I'm a partner well, okay. with the company. But but this 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 uh, do you remember is so powerful has so many people, and we are going to work together. We're going to come up with some really fun things to do together, including maybe creating some TV type content built around these radio shows that you can watch on uh, the Facebook page. And we're also going to potentially broadcast our radio show on the Do You Remember Facebook page. There's lots coming your way. So we wanted to introduce you to Neil. We wanted you to introduce you to uh, Do You Remember. And we want to get really excited and passionate about it because I can feel it just sitting in the studio, how excited we are just thinking about the prospect of working with you and your company. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be working with you guys. Uh, I listened to a bunch of your shows before flying out here. Again, my arms are still sore, (laughs) but those shows stuck with me. Thank you. Um, And it's just a pleasure to be here. I think this is a perfect marriage of synergy. Well, I guess we have to go to New York next, Lisa. Well, if you mention marriage. (laughs) All your Broadway shows are out there. That's fine. I'm good with that, too. Come on down. We'd be happy to have you. (laughs) Neil Parker, thank you so much for being on WGN Radio Theater with us, my friend. Thank you guys for having me. And we look forward forward to a uh, continued uh, partnership with you. Absolutely. Just the beginning. Thank you. All right. Well, right now it's time. Time for our Mother's Day Life of Riley program. William Bendix says Chester A. Riley. He fixes dinner for his mother-in-law on this. That's nice of him. Don't Very think, nice. I don't think let's, I would do that. Let's go back to May 14, 1944. Here's part one of The Life of Riley. The American Meat Institute presents The Life of Riley, a half hour with radio's friendliest family and starring William Bendix as Riley. <laughs> Well, it's early Sunday morning, and all is quiet in the household of war worker Riley. But it's still early morning. As we look in on the Rileys, we find Junior standing outside his parents' bedroom door. Carefully, he opens it and tiptoes to the side of his father's bed. Pop, wake up! (laughs) Wake up! Oh, who's that? It's me, Junior. Pop, wake up, wake up! Uh, listen, Junior, this is no time to play Paul Revere. We... <laughs> Shh. What time is it? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Look, Junior, if you're walking in your sleep, you walked into the wrong room. <laughs> now give me back my blanket. I can't sleep with my head uncovered. Pop, listen, this is Mother's Day. Oh, fine. It's Mother's Day, so you wake up father. <laughs> into the kitchen. This is important. Oh, okay. Hand me my bathroom. But this better be important. You see, Dad, we thought since it was Mother's Day, we ought to do something special for her. Besides just giving her presents. We decided because Mother works so hard every day, it'd be wonderful if she didn't have to do a single bit of work today. Babs and I'll do everything. Look, we already made breakfast. Babs, Junior, you make me proud of me. That I should have two such swell kids. Okay, your mother isn't going to do a thing all day, and I'll help her do it. (laughs) Well, that's swell, Dad. We thought we'd start off by serving her breakfast in bed. Kind of fancy-like. Yes, you see, she's the queen, and we're her royal retinue of faithful servitors. Oh, you're up, Uncle Buckley. (laughs) 
It's uh, already on this tray. And, Pop, when we bring in Mom's breakfast at the same time, we can bring in her presents. Look what I got. Perfume soap. And I got her this bed jacket. Isn't it lovely? Well, you're certainly showing me up. All I got was a pair of stockings. I hid them in the bread bin here so she'd find them first thing this morning. <laughs> Look, here's the box. Why, Dad, nylon. No, only the box. <laughs> The, the, the stockings are real imitation silk Made by American-born Japanese beetles <laughs> What'd you get, Mom, Uncle Buckley? Well, uh, the fact is uh, I'm afraid this is rather an embarrassing moment for me uh, You see, I had $2 set aside to purchase a little memento for Margaret But feeling she was worthy of something more elaborate I played a hunch and put the $2 on Mother McCree in the fourth race at Bay Meadows <laughs> Mother McCree. Yes. What happened, Uncle Buckley? A disaster. At Bay Meadows, it was not Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, well, it was a good thought anyway, Uncle Buckley. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you have one of these stockings to give Pagan. That way she'll get something from each of us. Why, thank you, Riley. Well, let's go before breakfast gets cold. Okay, come on. I'll be the major Dumbo and supervise, huh? Everybody carry a different dish like, like rich people. Junior, you carry the toast. Okay. Babs, you take the coffee. Yeah, all right. Uncle Buckley, you take the ham and eggs. Oh, smells delicious. On second thought, Babs better take the ham and eggs. You take the salt shaker. <laughs> and I'll bring this glass ashtray. Huh? But Mother doesn't smoke. I know, but being this is Mother's Day, she's going to have a finger bowl. Come on, let's go and put on the Queen's nose bag. Okay. <laughs> now watch the fun. <laughs> I'll get you your breakfast in just a few minutes. Oh. <laughs> I'm just putting some hairpins in. Oh, she's out of bed. I'll fix that. Come on, let's go in. Now, look here, Riley. I do... Well, what's all this? This is your breakfast in bed, my lord. Breakfast in bed? For me? Yes, yes. You see, a little idea of Babs and Junior. A tribute to you, Mother, on Mother's Day. Oh, well, that that's sweet of you, children... If I'd only known, I'd have stayed in bed. Makes no difference. You can get back into bed. Oh, but dear, I, I'm practically dressed. Now, 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 don't argue. Go on, hop in bed, put on your bed jacket. What bed jacket? Uh, this one, Mother. It's a little gift I got for you. Oh, oh, it's lovely, Babs. You're a darling. Oh, Riley, what have we ever done to deserve such children? We got married. <laughs> Here's my present, Mom. Oh, scented soap. Now you are spoiling me, Junior. Thank you, dear. Oh, that's okay, Mom. Uh, Milady, here's a little gift from your affectionate uncle. Stocking? Yes. Why, that's so thoughtful of... One stocking, Uncle Buckley? <laughs> oh, oh, well, here's the other one from me. <laughs> I see. Well, I think it's very sweet of all of you to remember, Mother. Ah, uh, Mother, what memories the word conjures up. I shall always remember my own dear mother. She did everything for me. She used to wash for me, sew for me, cook for me. She should have picked your horses for you. <laughs> this is wonderful, all of you surprising me this way. Oh, we got more ideas, Mom. 
We figured this really wouldn't be Mother's Day if you had to work. So we're going to do all the housework today. We're going to make the beds and clean the house. We're even going to cook the dinner. Oh, well, I I think that's a little too much for you children, don't you, Riley? No, I don't. Peg, this is Mother's Day, your day. You're going to do whatever you want to do. Now, you've been wanting to visit your old girlfriend, Miss Lindley, for weeks. So you're going to visit her today. That's final. I've made up your head. Come on, Junior. You make the beds. I wash the dishes. Don't tell me what to do. You make the beds. I'd rather you made them. Do you hear? Now, 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 you now, now, now me... kids, stop arguing. You've got to discuss things. Take your mother and me. If she wants me to do something I don't want to do, we discuss it. While we're discussing it, I do it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pop. All right, I'll make the Well, bed. go on, go ahead. Oh, the door. I'll get it. Is Junior here? Oh, it's you, Frankie. Junior, quick, get your glove. We ain't got much time. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Junior ain't playing no baseball today now. Well, that's right, Frankie. But you got a pitch today. Lefty hurt his hand. Well, gee, I can't go, Frankie. I got something more important to do. What's more important than pitching? Well, today is Mother's Day. You gave your mother a present, didn't you? Oh, sure. Well, but... One more does she want, your right arm? <laughs> now, I can't go, Frankie. Mr. Riley, he's got our pitch today. We're playing the Glendale Gophers. This is our big chance to win our first game. Junior, in life, you got to make some sacrifices. I'm sorry, but you got to go out there and play baseball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you go on, Junior. I'll do your share. Well, I don't really want to, but... Okay, Frankie, let's go. (laughs) You sure hated to go. (laughs) All right, that's the first portion of The Life of Riley. William Bendix is Chester A. Riley, May 14th, 1944. Good Mother's Day show. And we'll get back to it in just a few minutes. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is 11.35 Sunday night. It's a Mother's Day. Still Mother's Day, it's Lisa. It's almost over. Yeah, well, yeah. but uh, so how was the food at uh, the party that I was not invited to? Uh, well, you had other parties to attend to tonight. <laughs> um, we had a build-your-own taco night at my house. Ooh, what, kind yeah. of, what was in the tacos? Uh, we had steak and chicken and vegetables. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm guessing which one you had. Exactly. Yeah. That That's the right one. You All guessed right. it right. You didn't have any shrimp tacos? Shrimp tacos are good. I'm not a fan. Well, I know you are not a fan. No, it's steak and chicken and vegetables. Next time, add some shrimp tacos, too. Okay. And then I'll maybe come to it. All right. I'll work on that. And you had cake. We did. We had a cake from our uh, listener who brought it over, and I served it, and it was delicious. Went fast, it was a I'm chocolate sure. cake for sure. Yeah, got a few uh, beautiful presents, and uh, nice. I'm all good. <laughs> oh, I got to see what to what Dan get you. Did he give you a present? He did. Oh wow! Did you want to know what it was? Well, let's we'll talk about it on, okay. the, on the break. Maybe we'll take a picture of it and post um, it. Okay. Is it postable? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. All right, but right now it's time for the conclusion to the life of. Riley. Well, Barbara, do you think you can manage by yourself, or would you like some help from your father? <laughs> I'll pitch in. Thanks, Dad. Well, I'd better start with the bed. Yes. Hello? Who? Oh, it's you, Tommy. How's the Navy treating you? Ah, oh, that's swell. What? Oh, no, I, I don't think she can go this afternoon. She's busy. Oh, you're going back east, huh? Well, sure, that's different. 
Look, I tell you what you do, Tommy. You'll be on the corner of Hollywood and Vine in about an hour, and I guarantee she'll be there. Don't mention it, sailor. Anchors away, kid. Who was that on the phone? Tommy. Tommy? Is he in town? Well, why didn't you let me speak to he him? He was in a hurry. He's got a date on the corner of Hollywood and Vine in an hour. Oh. <laughs> Did he say with whom? Yeah, with you. But, Dad, I- I've got to cook dinner. Ah, we'll eat out tonight. Luigi's restaurant. <laughs> Luigi's restaurant is having Mother's Day special. Luigi's mother is cooking it. <laughs> Babs, Tommy's going back east tonight. Now, he's waiting for you on the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Remember, he's a sailor and he's alone. He ain't safe. (laughs) Oh, gee, Dad, you're a peach. Goodbye. Goodbye, Babs. Making beds. What a gruesome job. I'm glad this is the last one. Having trouble with that blanket, Riley, my dear boy? Uncle Buckley, I can't make a bed when you're laying on it. (laughs) Oh, how can these women go through this every single day? They don't even get time and a half for overtime. What this country needs is another Lincoln to free the mothers. (laughs) Hello? Hello, Riley. Oh, you, Dumplin'. How is everything at home? Swell. Well, the house is all cleaned. I'm filthy. <laughs> well, that's fine. Now, listen, I haven't much time. I'm in a movie with Miss Lindley, and I'm bringing her home for dinner. I want to, you know, show off Bev's cooking. Uh, yeah, that, that's swell, Miss but... Miss Lindley is I... dying just to have a home-cooked meal. She eats in restaurants every night. Then she wouldn't rather go to Luigi's, huh? Oh, no, not after Babs and Junior go to all that trouble. Yeah. Oh, oh, the picture's going on now. Well, I'll see you later, dear. Goodbye. But, but look, Peg, 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 hello. Uh, uh, what's wrong, Riley? Peg's bringing Miss Lindley home for a home-cooked dinner. Well, who's going to prepare it? What do you think? Come on, let's find the cookbook so I can get started. Oh, me, mother's work is never done. Well, a few minutes have passed since our tired housewife, Mr. Riley, learned that he'd have to cook Sunday dinner. Not only for the family, but also for the guests that Peg is bringing home. The situation is tense in the kitchen. Boy, what a cookbook. I never knew cooking was so tough. Hey, hey, here's a receipt that sounds good. Milk toast. Take two pieces of toast and some milk. Riley, don't be absurd. We've got pork in the icebox. Find a recipe that tells you how to prepare it. Well, here's a dish I'd like to try. Sounds very appetizing. Glossary. (laughs) Riley, glossary is a list of cooking terms. Oh. Now, uh, look up pork. Pork. Oh, here we are. Pork. Here's an Italian dish. Sounds good. Pork casserole. (laughs) It's casserole, my boy. Uh, Now, what ingredients are necessary? Chopped onions. We ain't got. Diced potatoes. We ain't got. Pinch of paprika, we ain't got. Cup of water, we got that. Okay, we make it. No, no, no. You'll have to run down to the market to procure the vegetables. Yeah, I'll take the cookbook with me and get everything it says there. Fine. While I'm shopping, you can get the pork ready. Use Junior's ruler over there. A ruler? What on earth for? Well, the cookbook here says cut the pork up into one-inch cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, 
Well, there you are, madam. One cauliflower. That'll be 20 cents. Thank you, madam. Oh, what can I do for you, madam? Uh, I mean, mister. I'm just ready to close up. Oh, those vegetables over there should look good. <laughs> well, they should. They've been out in the sun a lot. <laughs> All right, what do you have? I-, I got a receipt in this here cookbook. I'll just read it off to you. First, I want uh, half a cup of chopped onions. Chopped onions? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Our onion chopping department was drafted. You'll have to chop your own onions. Okay, give me an onion. We have no onions. All right, what else? Well, then the casserole will have to be without onions. What else, please? I, uh, I want potatoes. Idaho? Wait, let me see. Uh, not Idaho. Diced. <laughs> Very funny. I'll give you five pounds of unpeeled potatoes. You can dice them, slice them, or schmice them. <laughs> I, uh, I also need tomatoes. I suppose you want them sliced. No, I want them chopped, seeded, and skinned. <laughs> Look, my friend, you'll get two pounds of whole tomatoes. You can mangle them yourself. All right, what else? One bay leaf. One bay leaf? That's okay, okay. Make it two bay leaves. I can't break a whole box just for you. Well, what else? Uh, one pinch of paprika. Here's a can. Pinch it yourself. <laughs> All right, what else? I, I also need some stuff for a mixed-up green salad. Lettuce, celery, radishes. That's about all. Look, do me a favor. Next time, send your wife to do the shopping. You stay home in your straitjacket. That'll be a dollar twenty-three. Oh, wait a minute. There's one more thing I need for the salad. What now? Hey, th- this salad bowl I brought with me. Would you mind rubbing a little garlic around it? For- <laughs> oh, Riley, what time is it? It's only four o'clock, Uncle Buckley, and stop drooling. We ain't eating till Peg and Miss Lindley get here at five. Very well. But if I have a sudden fainting spell, you know why. I haven't eaten since lunch. You know, I never knew cooking was such a cinch. All you do is a little shopping, follow the dope in a cookbook, shove the pot in the oven, and play gin rummy. It's your deal. Oh, I've had enough, Riley. These cards are foul. According to my figures, in exactly one hour, you now owe me 485,000 bucks. <laughs> yes, yes. I- I'd appreciate your waiting a few days. Well... I'm willing to forget the 485000 but how's about the 50 cents cash I loaned you yesterday? <laughs> Riley, I smell something burning. Did you leave your cigar anywhere? No, nah, it must be Waldo Benny burning leaves next door. No, no, Riley, it's in this house. Don't be silly. What could be burning in this house except the dinner? Oh. The dinner! Oh. 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 Oh, quick, in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> Riley, the smolder! The smolder! Open a window, I'll get the pot. No! I burned my hand. Where's the pot holder? I don't know. I can't see a thing, Riley. Riley, the smoke's got me. I hear ringing in my ears. So do I. That was a fire engine. Stop in here. Oh! In here, boys! The kitchen! Lay off that window. I'll open the door. What's the rush? Where are you guys going to a fire? Ah, it's the stove. I got the hose on it. All right, let it go. Hey, hey, take that hose out of that pot. The cookbook says only use one cup of water. 
Oh, dear me. Riley, look what they did to our wonderful dinner. I wish people wouldn't turn in an alarm for a burnt strip of bacon. That burnt strip of bacon was formerly a whole loin of pork. Look at my kitchen floor. Flooded. Yeah, I guess everything's okay now. Well, let's get back to the firehouse. Wait a minute. Charlie. Holy smoke, it's Riley. Charlie, I didn't recognize you in that fireman's hat. Buckley, this is Charlie Miggins. He's a member of my club, the BPLA. Yeah, the good old Brooklyn Patriots of Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Riley, you going to the meeting tonight? Ah, no, nah, it's Mother's Day, so I give my wife a day off. I'm doing all the housework and also the cooking. Oh, brother, you sure made a mess of it. Yeah, I guess it was my fault. The cookbook said to cook it at 200 degrees for two hours, so I, I figured I'd cook it at 600 degrees and save an hour. I... <laughs> poor, poor Margaret, when she sees this holocaust. Yeah, yeah she's going to be sore, all right, bringing her friend home for a home-cooked dinner. I sure put her in a spot. Where am I going to get a home-cooked dinner now? Hey, listen, Riley, what's the motto of the BPLA? One for all and all for everybody and everybody against the giant. Check! <laughs> so, let's go over to Muley Duncan's house and ask his missus to help us out with some grub. Ah, oh, no, how can you go around borrowing a whole dinner, oh, you... Oh, no, listen, you... Riley, don't be alarmed. If you ain't gonna ask the brother club, brother, who you gonna turn to? My dear nephew, you have no alternative. Remember, Margaret will be home shortly with a guest. Yeah, but Muley lives pretty far away. We ain't got much time. Well, I'll give you a lift in the fire engine. Come on! Fire engine? Well, okay, if it's good enough for me, LaGuardia, it's good enough for me. Boy, ringing his fire belt's fun. Ha-ha. <laughs> you see? I didn't take us long. Here's Muley's house. Okay, Riley, lay off that bell now. Okay. Oh, look, there's Muley. Yeah, Muley, I, I give my wife a day off and promise to cook the dinner, and then I point it. Now she's bringing a friend home for dinner. Oh, truly tragic. Yeah. Ain't it? <laughs> hey, look, uh, uh, can you lend Brother Riley some home cooking, can Just you? enough for six. We, we Gee, don't I, I'd like to help you, but we just that. We knocked off a very tasty turkey. You did. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll go home and take the rack. Ah, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. I ain't turning down no fella, brother. There's a leg left from that turkey, and I'm loaning it to you. There's a pal for you. I That's think a... nothing of it, kid. But, but look, Muley, one turkey leg ain't enough for six people. Well, anyway, it's a starter. Yeah. And there's plenty of other guys in the club that might be able to help you out, ain't they? Oh, sure. That's right, Riley. Look, we'll take Muley's leg. Yeah. Then we'll go over to Ike Shanahan's house. He might have something. Yeah. Yeah, Ike might have a part of a turkey, too. Hey, with all the airplanes I put together, I can certainly assemble a turkey if I get enough parts. <laughs> but, Uncle Buckley, you mean you burnt the dinner? Not I, children, your father. <laughs> Gee, what'll Mom say? I should never have gone out. No, it's really my fault. I'm the oldest. I should have stayed. No, no, children, don't despair. 
Hello, everybody. Oh, uh, Come in, Lucy. Uh, oh, uh, Margaret, uh, uh, we didn't expect you uh, just yet. Why, it's way past dinner time. Oh, this is Miss Lindley. Lucy, this is my Uncle Buck. Oh, how do you do? This is Barbara. Mm-hmm. Hello. And that's Judy. Oh, Hi. glad to know you, Kevin. Oh, my. Doesn't this room look nice? Wait till you see the kitchen. Thick <laughs> and span, I'll bet. Uh, well, how's the dinner? I better take a look at no, it. No, 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 you don't have to. No, no. Remember, this is Mother's Day. Oh, you're not supposed to do anything. Oh, Margaret, you're fortunate to have such lovely children. Yes, and talented too. Just wait till you taste the dinner they cook. Oh, uh, I almost forgot. Where's Riley? Uh, Riley? Well, I'll uh, bet he's uh, been uh, sleeping all day. Uh, what's that? Why, it sounds like fire engines. It's in the back. Well, I better go and see. Yeah, I'd better go with you. <gasps> Uncle Buckley, what's happened to this kitchen? It looks like a hurricane struck it. Now, Margaret, please. Oh, look at that broken window and water all over the floor. Oh. Now, now, Margaret, don't get upset. Remember, this is Mother's Day. Oh, <laughs> oh just look at the dinner. It's all burned. It's ruined. Thanks for the lift, Charlie. Don't mention it, pal. Come on, kid. Hello, Dumplin'. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, Riley, where have you been? And what on earth are you doing with all those pots and pans? This is Miss Lindley. Hello. I am. Ladies, go on out of my kitchen. Go ahead. Riley, look. This is no time for joking. I bring a guest home for dinner and find the house a shambles, the kitchen flooded, the dinner ruined. What will Miss Lindley think? Oh, now, Peg, really, I don't... Don't get excited. You take Miss Lindley in the dining room, sit her down at the table. Before she can pick up a fork, she'll have something to dig it into. (laughs) But Riley... Now, come on, come on, do as I say. Mother knows best. Well... That was certainly a delicious salad. Yes, it's uh, very hard to burn lettuce. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to sit down to a meal without looking at a menu. You never know what's coming next. Well, here it is. The main course. Here, this is for you, Miss Lindley. Turkey leg a la Muley Durkin. <laughs> Goodness, a turkey leg. Oh, that's lovely. Riley, where did you get a turkey leg? Don't ask questions, Peg. Here, this is for you. One French lamb chop a la Ike Shanahan. A lamb chop? Yes. And uh, this is for you, Babs. A nice ham hock, courtesy of Fingers Odell. (laughs) And Junior, here's a beautiful strip of bacon, address unknown. Now, go on, dig in, folks. Oh, uh, Riley, have you forgotten me? Oh, Uncle Buckley. Now, which pocket I got that in? Oh, oh, here, Uncle Buckley, this lobster claw is all yours. What are you going to eat, Pop? Pork casserole. I like my food well done. (laughs) Riley, before this goes any further, I'd like an explanation for this fantastic meal. Well, Dumplin', it's this way. This meal is what is called potluck, on account of I didn't have any luck with our pot. (laughs) Well, Dumplin', that grub didn't turn out so bad, huh? Yes, Riley. Your home-cooked dinner was a success. Even if it was cooked in six different homes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Riley. I think it was very sweet and thoughtful of you to do what you did today. You're an angel. Oh, go on, Peg. Well, now, look. If you were me and you had a husband like you, what would you think of yourself? Well, now that you pin me down, I gotta admit, I'm a sensational angel. (laughs) 
The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix and sponsored by the American Meat Institute, will be back next week at this same time. William Bendix appears on this program by arrangement with Hal Roach. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Kozloff and came to you from Hollywood. This is Ken Nile saying, see you next week. This is the Blue Network. The Life of Riley, May 14, 1944, Mother's Day show, William Bendix starring in that. Hope you enjoy that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. So Shante said the news is sponsored. Who is the news sponsor? Ah, it's, it is sponsored. All right, I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to tell everyone about, real quick, the Classic Radio Club. Folks, if you'd like to get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time, and these are shows that you are not necessarily ever going to hear on our show being broadcast or sold any other way. Gems of uh, the 100 show, 100,000 shows that I have in my collection are available in the Classic Radio Club. Digitally remastered, never edited, and you'll never get a duplicate. This is the club for you. Get 10 shows sent to you every month, either on five CDs or via digital download, plus all kinds of liner notes about the shows. You'll learn about the shows as well. It's part of the Classic Radio Club. And to experience it, we've decided to have a very cool special offer. First month, only $1 for you to join. So just check it all out at the ClassicRadioClub.com site. Right, Lisa? Right. Uh, this is the perfect time to join and see if you love being a Classic Radio Club member like all of the other hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of hundreds. members yeah. that are involved right now. Yep. We, we're pretty sure you'll love it and give it a shot. If you don't love it, no problem. You, you can, can cancel. cancel. But we think you will. Yep. You can cancel at any time. Just go to Classic Radio RadioClub.com. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is seven minutes after midnight here. It is Monday morning, and we have a terrific Western adventure of Fort Laramie coming your way. Raymond Burr. As Captain Lee Quince, he ran Fort Laramie, and it's a 1956 broadcast that you won't want to miss. We're also going to play our game, Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? Who is the celebrity, Lisa? Uh, the celebrity is Richard Gere. Uh, I get I get uh, people say I look just like him. You get what were you going to say? I, say <laughs> people, I get mistaken for him all the time. Wow, yeah, yeah you do look a They're lot like, like you him. Know, Richard, Carl, Carl, Richard. You do look very similar. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. I think do. so. Yeah, no, you do. Yeah, yeah Almost so. his twin. And the uh, prize is going to be two tickets to see Porchlight Revisits Minnie's Boys, which is about the Marx Brothers, and it's playing at Porchlight Music Theater. I actually think that Richard Gere let his hair go gray so he would look more like me. It's kind of grayish, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's got a lot That's of gray in think, his hair. I think he was like, well, Carl wears his hair gray. And so he wants to look more like wants you. Wants to look more like me. I bet a lot of guys want to look more like you. That's a goal. Well, you know, that's up to them. Yeah, definitely. I don't yes, charge anything for that. Well, that's good. Make them pay a royalty or anything. Right. That's good. That's nice of you, actually. Right. So if you um, want to play the game with us, give us a call. What caller would you gonna like? We're going to go with caller three this time, 312-981-7200. Call now, and we will be right back. Come on, baby. Let's get ridiculous. We're going to get ridiculous with Yolanda. Hi, Yolanda. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yolanda, what's going on? 
Oh, not too much right now. I'm going to play your contest. All right. We're going to do a little Richard Gere. That's Carl's twin. So, Carl, you should know a lot about him because he's just much, very much like you. You know what? I mean, sometimes I uh, double for him in the movies. (laughs) You're just his body double or his face double? Yeah, both. Both. (laughs) Okay. Body double and face double. All right. You keep dreaming over there. I will. Okay, Yolanda. Number one, Richard Gere was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive in 1999. I was 98 and he was 99. Uh yeah, well, uh, that's true. Is it true, Carl? That's real, yes. It's real. Yes, indeed right, it is. So you are both correct. And number two, his first major acting role was in the original London stage version of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in 1993. Real or ridiculous? I would say that's ridiculous. I agree, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Oh, but wait, sorry, hang on, we got it right. <laughs> you got it right. He was in Greece, though, that year, so it's close. You know, I have two buttons, and I often hit the wrong button. I, I wonder mean, why. I have a 50-50 chance of getting it right, and I often do it wrong. Well, that's the same as on this I, game. I'm you just have like, a 50-50 like chance. just not coordinated or something. Or huh? something. I'm not sure. Okay, but I do look three. like Richard Gere. So. Yes, you do, so you're fine. And Richard Gere is actually playing the piano in the piano scene in the film Pretty Woman. Is that real or ridiculous? Um, you want to help her I'll out? I'll say it's real. It yeah. is real. It is real. That is absolutely right. And you both got all three of them right. It's because and we're smart. I know you are. Well, Yolanda I know Yolanda and I are is. smart. You, I'm not sure. But either way, Yolanda won two tickets to Porchlight Revisits Minis Boys. It's May 22nd and 23rd. Award-winning Porchlight Music Theater takes Chicago back in time at a look at the young Marx Brothers in the Chicago premiere of this rarely seen gem. You can get tickets at porchlightmusictheater.org. Thank you so much. You did a great job, and I hope you enjoy the show at, at Porchlight. Okay, thank you. Thank you Thanks, so much. Yolanda. All righty. Our text in line, 312-981-7200. We love getting your text. Did you have a nap today, Lisa, or no? I did not have yeah. a nap well, today. Yeah, well, it's Mother's Day. You didn't have a chance, right? No. Yeah. But that's okay. We're, we're doing good. I had like a 45-minute nap today. Oh, well, you need one. I'm fine. I went over to <laughs> see my mom. You get a little cranky when you don't I saw nap. my mom, and we had uh, food over there. And what did you have? had incredible cake. An incredible yes, cake. Yes, we did have that, to too. one of our amazing uh, listeners. What did you have for dinner uh we had chicken. chicken we had fried chicken okay and uh coleslaw and um what else did we have um uh, that about covers it i think oh chocolate cake no there was um <laughs> there was um ma- um mac and cheese or some uh, mac, mac and cheese mac, mac, mac and it was cheese. good i mean it was really good but good. the main thing was seeing my mom exactly. and my sister I my know. brother was there it was good. great yeah. good it's family time i know all right well uh we have a great Western Adventure Now of Fort Laramie, adult Western series, asserted on CBS, uh, came to radio in 1956. Raymond Burr starred as Lee Quince. Now, of course, we all know, know Raymond Burr as Ironside and also Perry Mason, but he played this character of Lee Quince, captain of the U.S. Cavalry on Fort Laramie. This was a show produced by the same guy who produced Gunsmoke, Norman McDonald. It was very, very realistic. I think you're going to like this show. Let's go back to October 28th, 1956. This is called Army Wife. Here's Raymond Burr, part one of Fort Laramie. 
Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Specially transcribed tales of the dark and tragic ground of the wild frontier, the saga of fighting men who rode the rim of empire, and the dramatic story of Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. I'm all right, Major Daggett. It's been a long walk up here. You'd like to sit? I want to stand. Thank you. Jesse, whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready, Chaplain. Speak your heart. He was my friend. Major Thaddeus Hale was, first of all, a friend to all of us here. And we'll miss our friend. Beloved as a man, respected as an officer. Fort Laramie will be a different place without Thad, but a better place for his having served here, lived among us, vigorously and fully for the past six years. All of us assembled here at his grave can say of him, he was my friend, all save one. Jesse Hale can say of him, he was my love, my heart. There he lived, and there he will always live. God comfort Jesse. God grant Thad rest and peace and eternal love. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Detail. Ready? Aim. Fire. Ready? Aim. Fire. Ready? Aim. Fire. Major's flag, ma'am. Thank you, Sergeant. 
Thank you. All of you. Mrs. Hale. Captain, look at the day. It's a beautiful day. I'm so glad it's a beautiful day. I'm here on the porch, Captain. It's kind of chilly out tonight, Miss Hale. Oh, it seems so close inside. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. Miss Hale. Jesse. I'm no hand to put words together well. I I can't speak a piece about that. Don't try, Lee. There's no need. I liked him, and I'm sorry. I know. I watched you out on the walk, stopping, starting. You didn't want to come here tonight, and I don't blame you. It wasn't a question of want. Just, well, what can a man do? What can he say to a widow except he's sorry? Sometimes I think it's harder on the friends who are left. Like you say, they they want to do so much, say the right things, and there's nothing to do, nothing to say. At least you didn't bake a pie. I sure never thought of that. <laughs> I want you to take some back to old Bedlam. I'll see the rest get to the enlisted men tomorrow. Lee, this minute in my kitchen there are 15 pies and three cakes. I guess women always got to bake something at a time like this. Oh, it's just that people have to do something, and there's nothing to do. Can I talk about that? If you want to. Oh, I want to. I need to. Every time I start, someone tries to stop me. They think it'll make me sad to talk about him. Good Lord, Lee. Dad and I were happy. It doesn't make me sad to talk about happiness. You were happy. It showed... Thirty years next month. Love and temper in the army. <laughs> and there wasn't a day of it we didn't live. You were a lot alike, you and Thad. We were just alike. Too much, maybe. But we suited each other. When I bellowed, he bellowed back. Good, loud time of it we'd have, and then we'd laugh. Then we'd love. I think if I had it to do over, I wouldn't change a thing, Lee. Not even the bellowing. Well, Thad wouldn't either. I'd bet on that. Of course he wouldn't. Lee, it was a dirty trick. The way he died? Yeah. Lived through every battle from Gettysburg to that skirmish with the Arapaho last month. Cheated smallpox, scarlet fever, scurvy. And the infernal plains weather thrived on all that. And he had to die off duty when lumber pilings fell on him. One good thing, he never knew it. <laughs> He'd have been as mad as the devil if he had. Bellowed his head off. And you'd have bellowed right back. <laughs> you bet I would. 
Any idea what you're going to do, Jesse? Live. Sure. If you're asking me, do I have a place to go? I have. I have a sister back in Camden. She's alone. We can make a life together. It was my home, Camden, a long time ago. It'll be a different life in Camden. Hmm. Trade my pistol for needlepoint. My saddle for a rocking chair will be very different, Lee. No rush about your leaving. Oh, no, thank heaven. Mary Daggett and the Major were over earlier. Said to stay on as long as I liked. Glad they said that. Lee, there's one great favor you can do me. Anything I can, Jesse. Take the general. Thad's mount? Thad was your kind of army man. And the general's your kind of horse. Oh, you sit him right well yourself. <laughs> but not in Camden, Lee. Maybe sometime, some special time, you'll ride him for Thad and me. Well, I'd be proud to, Jesse. All right, that's the first portion of Fort Laramie, Raymond Burr. So... Raymond Burr, okay, was doing this radio show. Did a lot of radio shows. And then, remember the black and white episodes of Perry Mason? Yes. Um, Here's what he did. When he got that gig, when he got the Perry Mason show, he said to... His producers, you know, I've I've met so many people in radio, so, so many of these people that are trying to break into radio. He would make sure that the producers, so nice of a guy he was, he would make sure that the producers on Perry Mason would hire all these radio, radio actor people. friends of his yep. so that they could break in to television. television. Yeah. yeah, I'm and, sure that's a difficult transition. It's such a different yeah. medium. Well, can you imagine you're in radio all these years, right? And it's going away. Right. Right. Here's your livelihood going away. And the newfangled medium is television. And you have to now somehow figure out how to get into that. Now, some people made that transition very easily, but other people, it was much more difficult. But Raymond Burr was there and helped a lot of people. I mean, people, um, uh, you know, in their autobiographies and and biographies and things, I talked about the generosity of Raymond Burr and how he really helped these radio actors, many of which went on to have television careers because Raymond Burr helped them get into that. And you'll see tons of radio personalities playing, mm-hmm. you know, on the visual medium yeah. of the Perry Mason television show. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right, well, I uh, want to remind all of our listeners to uh, send in a photo of your kitty cat and um, get a cat, get a picture of your kitty cat into us. Or get a cat, either way. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have an opportunity to win a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter because at the end of the month, Dan Jaffe and Dave Weiske will be here from Cat's Pride, and they will um, be randomly choosing a photo uh, to win. Whoever sent in that photo, they can win a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. So that's two weeks from tonight. Yeah. We'll be doing that random drawing, and make sure to send it to Cat's Pride Photo at gmail.com. A picture of your cat with your name, your cat's name, your city, and state, and you could be a winner. What a 
generous gift of an entire year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter. That's truly um, worth a lot, especially for people who spend so much money on their pets. Yeah, this is true. And Dan and Dave have been coming in here every single month for over four years giving away. That's very generous, giving away your supply Cat's Pride Kitty Litter. Also, want to remind you that one of our uh, main sponsors here on the WGN Radio Theater is Woodman's, and they are not only an incredibly great place to shop, but they uh, give you 12 classic radio shows courtesy of this radio show. So here's how it works. Shop at Woodman's. Um, they have four locations in Illinois. There's, I think, 11 locations in Wisconsin. Just go to any one of those locations, do your shopping, take your receipt, take a picture of it with your smartphone, and send us to uh, send it in to woodmanswgn at gmail.com. That's so Woodman's. email it, you're yeah, saying. email it. Did I say mail it? Just it wasn't clear. You just said send it in, so okay. I'll just clarify. Email it to woodmanswgn at gmail.com, and then within 24 hours, we will send you 12 classic radio shows via digital download as a thank you for shopping at Woodman's and for listening to this show. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. I had a uh, text in here that said, Fort Laramie, this is a cool show. Is this ever uh, part of the Classic Radio Club? I said, absolutely. Fort Laramie is uh, one of the shows that we do offer once in a while. We don't do it every single month, but, you know, Gunsmoke is in there, Boston Blackie, Jack Benny, Suspense, Inner Sanctum, all your favorite classic radio shows, but not just... Regular ones, we're talking about the greatest quality ones, ones directly from master recordings. And they are digitally remastered to even enhance that quality. They're never edited. We leave all of the original commercials, and uh, you'll never get a duplicate recording. And they're not shows that you will normally find on the air or through any other source. So if you join the Classic Radio Club, it's really an exclusive club for those who really like classic radio shows. To learn all about it, because you can get the digital subscription, where uh, you'll get 10 shows emailed to you, along with the liner notes. You can learn about that. Or the CD versions, where you get 10 shows on five CDs and a collector case. It's all at the Classic Radio Club website, which is ClassicRadioClub.com. And Lisa, how much is it to join for the first month? It is $1. Yeah, not bad. No. It's a deal. You know what? Can't, you can't beat Even it. Even I can afford that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> cup of coffee. It's a cup of coffee. You get 10 great radio shows plus liner notes. And at least you'll get to experience what it's like to be in the Classic Radio Club. Hopefully you'll be a member for life. We hope so. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. You can do it right now. All right. It's time now for the conclusion to Fort Laramie. Watch it, Lieutenant. He's mean this morning. Oh, I can not manage him, Sergeant. Best I give you a hand, sir. Don't. Come here. He'll trample you. Give him his head. I can't. You better, Lieutenant, or you're going to get it. Oh. Thanks for the warning, Sergeant. You hurt, sir? It'll come later. Here. Uh, uh, been a long time since I 
since I've been unseated, Sergeant. They don't call him the general for nothing. Might be he knows he outranks you, Lieutenant. I wonder how Major Hale managed him. I don't know his secret, but he got his way, all right. Now, look at that. The captain's got him mild as a kitten. Bad spill, Mr. Savage? I don't think so, Captain. Happened pretty quick. Oh, he hasn't been ridden for a week. Any new hand would have seemed strange to him. Yes, sir. Are uh, you going to try him out? Mm, thought I would. The general and I got to get used to each other. Ms. Hale asked me to care for him. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have tried to ride him. I just thought that he should be ridden. Oh, if you're all right, there's no harm done. Well, I guess it's my turn to try. But like I told the lieutenant, Captain, that horse is mean this morning. If it was me, I'd set this one out. Mm, we'll see, Gorse. You got the touch all right, sir. Yeah, but look at them eyes. He's thinking. He's thinking for sure, Captain. That's how it's done, Sergeant. I just don't trust that horse. The captain knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing. I was him, I'd rather know what that horse was thinking. He's got a plan, Lieutenant. The general's got himself a plan. I'm just not the horseman that Captain Quint says. I wouldn't feel too bad about taking that spill. Just wish it hadn't happened in front of the captain, that's all. Look out, Captain. Stick with him, sir. Show him those boys. I swear, Captain, if you don't take care, you're going to get the... Oh, Come on, Sergeant. Well, I, I, I took your advice, Gors. How's that, sir? I set this one out. Are you all right, sir? Mm-hmm. Older and wiser, Lieutenant. I beg pardon? He's a gift horse. And I looked him square in the mouth. Oh, yes, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mr. Jesse. Oh, uh, Lee, I forgot to tell you one little thing about the general. Just one little thing, Jesse? Never try to mount him in the corral. <laughs> I guess we can remember that. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Lieutenant? It's a lesson I'll never forget, ma'am. Uh, go fetch the general, Sergeant. See, he's rubbed, fed, and stable. Yes, sir. Oh, not just yet, Sergeant. Just lead him out of the corral and tether him there. I I feel like riding this morning, Captain. Alone, Jason? Mm-hmm. Alone. I think both the general and I need work. Whatever you say, ma'am. Well, if you'll excuse me, Mrs. Hale, Captain, I've got some staff duty to attend to. Mrs. Hale? Lieutenant. See you later, Mr. Sabitz. You making out, Jesse? Making out? Day at a time, Lee. Yeah. I keep discovering things. Just little things every day that help. The cemetery up there, I... I found out there's nothing of Thad there. I, I can look, I can go there. Nothing we shared is buried there. Nothing you shared is buried anywhere, Jesse. It's a wonderful thing to learn, to know. Mm-hmm. Got a good morning to ride. Yeah, crisp and clean. So good morning. Jesse. Jesse, wait. Major Daggett? Morning, Major. Good morning. Jesse, I went over to your quarters. Someone had seen you coming this way. 
Doing your own courier duty, Major. I'm impressed. I wanted to be the one who told you. I'll leave you to your talk. Uh, no, Lee. Jesse will need your help. Help? I wouldn't have had this happen for the world. I had no idea we were in line for any transfers, but... Well, Jesse, You I... need my quarters, don't you, Major? I'm afraid we do. Well, my, that isn't the end of the world. I didn't expect to stay on indefinitely. How much time can I have? Well, they're, they're here now, Jesse. I see. You can manage makeshift arrangements for a while, can't you, Major? Mary and I hoped you'd come over with us, Jesse. Stay as long as you uh, like. Thank you, but no, Major. It's best this way, really. It's, it's time I started my new life. I'd rather almost anything than this. You know that. Major, it's the Army, I understand. I will need your help, though, Lee. You'll have it. Well, go on, Jesse, take your ride. Well, I... Go on. That's an order, Jesse. You and the General need the work, like you said. Thanks, Lee. Major? Uh, Some days I hate the Army. Well, don't let Jessie hear you say that. She's a 30-year soldier. much. I learned that moving from post to post. Dad and I could clear out of a place in two hours' notice any time. And did, too, I'll bet. Oh, you should have seen us when we arrived here from Fort Kearney. Two rucksacks, two saddles, and a pair of silver candlesticks. (laughs) Only wedding present we had left. What about all this furniture? It's yours, isn't it? It was built right here by Thad Stryker and a couple of other enlisted men. Don't you want any of it, Jesse? It belongs here. Well... I'd feel better knowing it was here, Lee. Sure. I'll take these bags out. I'll have the others ready right away. Now, don't hurry, Jesse, any more than you feel like. And don't you look so grim, Captain. I mean it. There's a time to go, Lee, a right time. and, And when it comes, it should happen quickly. Yeah, that's best. Oh... I was looking for Mrs. Hale or some name like that. Uh, her name's Mrs. Hale. She's right inside. Hello. Oh, I was under the impression you'd be out of here by now. Oh, I won't be long. You're uh, Captain Winton's wife? Jennifer Winton. But all of this quaint furniture, I do hope it's yours because I certainly wouldn't want to. It belongs here. It was made here at Fort Laramie. I can believe that. I mean, it uh, looks so, well, homemade and all. If you don't want it, Mrs. Winton, have Captain Winton take it up with the adjutant. Furniture's hard to come by out here. Someone can use it. Oh, now you're thinking I'm rude, and I don't mean to be. You see, we have our own furniture. It's, it's new and quite lovely, I'm sorry, but... What are you sorry about? It was just such a shock, seeing all of this furniture. I'm afraid I've not been quite tactful. You've been quite rude, as a matter of fact. 
You're very young and spoiled, and I suspect a little foolish. I beg your pardon? You needn't. This is your first army post, Mrs. Winton? Maybe it is. My dear, you have a very great deal to learn. I'm sure I have. But I intend to learn it in my own kind of surroundings. With your own new, quite lovely furniture. I intend to make a home here for my husband. The kind of home we're both used to. Just because he's sent out to this desolate corner of nowhere, I, I don't intend we should live like the rest of the savages. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish you well, Mrs. Winton. Thank you, Mrs. Hale. By the way, where was your home, Mrs. Winton? Philadelphia. Oh, that's just across the river from Camden, isn't it? If you want to put it that way, yes. I think I do want to put it just that way. Sergeant Gorse took your bags over to the stage. You, you've still got a few minutes, Jessie. She can't be over 20. Not a day over 20. Who can't be a day over 20? Well, you saw her. She came just as you were taking my bags out. Oh, that one. Mrs. Winton. She look over 20 to you? <laughs> I'm a better judge of horses, Jessie. Philadelphia girl. <laughs> Wonder if I acted like that when I was her age. Camden's just crossed the river, you know. Yeah, I remember. Standing so straight like she was balancing a teacup on her head. Ramrod straight. Of course, in Camden it was books. Books? Mm-hmm. What was books? On your head. Jessie. Good heavens, Lee, don't be so dense. We were taught to walk that way and sit that way. Um, with books on your head? To keep you straight and balance. Of course, mostly it gave you a stiff neck, and I must say it gave you a formidable bearing. Lee. Hmm? That girl's scared to death. Why couldn't I see that? Uh, Miss Winton? And why wouldn't she be? Twenty years in one protected group, and then she marries and comes out here. Why, she isn't prepared for this life. How could she be? Nobody much is prepared for this life. That's exactly what I mean. And they're not going to be as long as complacent old fools like me don't have anything better to say to them than, my dear, you have a very great deal to learn. Lee, is that cottage out by the root house still empty? I think so, Jess. Well, sir, you can move my old furniture in there right away. I'm going to speak to Major Daggett. You're, uh, you're not going back to Camden? And be a civilian? Not when there's so much army work to do, Captain. And if I've learned anything in 30 years, the army's taught me. It's time I started paying back a little. And Mrs. Winton's a good place to begin. <laughs> that an order, Jesse? That's an order, Captain. Move out. Fort Laramie is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry, with Vic Perrin as Sergeant Gorse. 
The script was specially written for Fort Laramie by Kathleen Height, with sound patterns by Bill James and Ray Kemper. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Featured in the cast were Helen Cleve, Sammy Hill, and Parley Bear. Jack Moyles is Major Daggett, and Harry Bartell is Lieutenant Seibert's. Company tension. Dismiss. You've just heard another transcribed story of the Northwest Frontier and the troopers who fought under Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. be an ostrich when your own welfare and the value of your property may be at stake. One out of nine dwelling units in our cities, towns, and villages are in slum condition. About half the rest are no better than fair and will become slums in the future unless repaired and improved in time. You can help prevent the growth of slums. How? Through the plan of action worked out by ACTION, the American Council to Improve Our Neighborhoods. CBS Radio urges you to write for details to ACTION, Box 20, New York 19. That's Action, Box 20, New York 19. I think those are bagpipes there, aren't they? Yeah. Sound like bagpipes. Yeah, very patriotic. I could just see these guys in kilts and kilts, dancing right? and doing the bagpipes there. Uh, Fort Laramie, October 28, 1956. That was actually the last episode in the series, the very final episode of Fort Laramie. Uh, unfortunately, all shows had a final episode. Did they know that at the time? I, did, I don't, I don't think so, because I think they would have said something, right. or like, you they know, thanks for anything. listening to yeah. Fort Laramie all these uh, weeks. <laughs> uh, that was a show called Army Wife. Great cast, Raymond Burr as star, but uh, Richard Crenna was in that broadcast. You probably recognize his voice there. Also, Virginia Gregg. Virginia Gregg was in so many classic radio shows, and speaking of making a transition over to TV or film, she was the uh, voice of Norma Bates in the Psycho movie, the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho movie, when he's talking to um, the dead mom, you know, and she's like, Norman, it's like in his mind. Mm -hmm. That's Virginia Gregg. Mm. Um, Yeah, Parley Bear in that program as well. So some very um, recognizable names and voices on Fort Laramie.